the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Factors not available in all. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down. Let's go down. Come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down. Down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, brothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down, come on, brothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown, good Lord, show me the way. Let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, fathers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown, good Lord, show me. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. There are some evils in our culture that are so horrendous, we don't even like to talk about it. When we think of the most wicked part of our culture, surely what rises to the top is the evil of abortion. Abortion is not a procedure. It is murder. It is sin. 
and God will judge a nation for the blood of the babies that cry out against this nation. And abortion exists today in America because Christians have allowed it to continue. If Christians were to activate themselves and begin to take part in the fight, abortion would be ended. With us in studio today is Lauren Handy. Lauren, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Also in studio is my wife, Alexandra. Welcome. Laura is the founder and president of the pro-life nonprofit Mercy Missions. Mercy Missions is a search and rescue initiative, meaning it's right out on the front line of dealing with potential mothers. No, they are mothers. The baby is in their womb. And she's out there on the front line talking, trying to persuade mothers to not have an abortion and murder their baby. Now, she's paid a price for this. Six times arrested. I consider that, Lauren, a badge of honor. Thank you. Because our nation has never changed course with slavery, with women's suffrage. We've never made major changes that have always initiated in the church without suffering, and you've been willing to go out there on the edge. We'd like to know what it's like out there on the edge. So first question out the chute, how did you become a Christian, and how did you decide to give your life? Because this is taking your life. We only live one time, and you've said this is so important. It's my life. So So, uh, I... This is going to be my fifth year of becoming a Christian, and it first started, uh, I grew up a uh, agnostic. I grew up in a community where church was, we went on Sunday, but we didn't live out our lives as a disciple of Christ, and so it was more agnostic, atheist tendencies, and I, my sister went to Liberty University. She was very strong in her faith. And I went to live with her, and I went. She was the chairman of the College Republicans, and I met her friends because I was new to town. And the president of the pro life club made a beeline to me, and so he asked me to go sidewalk counseling. And I was like, okay, what's sidewalk counseling? And he explained it it's where you go in front of the abortion center and convince women to choose life instead of abortion for their children. I was always pro life, but only pro life in name because science says. At the moment of fertilization, a new life is created. And so I said, yeah, okay, I like helping people. And so it was a Saturday. I go to the abortion center, and just seeing the horror of the abortion, even seeing a boyfriend drag a woman in to get the abortion, it was the sin of abortion created a mirror. And it created a mirror to see the sin in my life. And I had a radical Paul moment, Saul to Paul moment, just having this realization that their their sin is just like my sin and I need I need forgiveness as well. So that was a Saturday. On Monday, I was in class and I started crying. The full weight of abortion just hit me. Twenty children were killed and I didn't know what to do. So my professor said, I think you need to leave. And I was like, yeah, I think I need to leave because I'm like crying. And so 
my friend picked me up and he immediately shared the gospel. And that was the turning point. Understanding that not only is there repentance, but there's mercy. There's mercy and love in Jesus Christ. And I said, I don't know what to do. I witnessed 20 babies being killed. What do I do? And he said, you're going to go to church on Wednesday and you're going to go to church Sunday morning and you're going to go to church Sunday night. And that started my journey in um, Christianity and being a disciple of Jesus. It was six weeks later when I realized I wanted to completely commit everything to Jesus. So I sold all my stuff and uh, moved to California to become a full-time pro-life missionary. That's very incredible. So what was it that happened where you knew that God was calling you specifically to the pro-life field? It was uh, seeing a picture of a child aborted, so seeing a victim image, and just knowing that Everything that had led me to to this point in my life, I, I didn't believe it was a coincidence. I, I felt God was specifically leading me. If my conversion was in front of an abortion center, then that had to mean something. And so through that, I was I became really good at sidewalk counseling, convincing mothers to uh, not abort. And I believed that if God has given me that gift, I want to use it to the fullest extent. How does that actually work? Describe a day in front of an abortion clinic. So I go out in front of an abortion center and I first begin in prayer because we are confronting true evil. We are at the Mount of Calvary. And then when a woman comes up, I say, there's three things, three important things you can say to a woman going in for abortion. It's not too late. You can change your mind. And you and you can cancel your appointment. Those three uh, phrases can combat the lies that the abortion workers tell inside the clinic. And so really anybody could sidewalk counsel with just having those three phrases. And so it's very it's a crisis intervention techniques where you have between three to 10 seconds to convince someone to take your literature and not um, go through with the abortion. So it's very, it's very high impact, and um, that's why it's good to have prayer support. So people who are like, well, I don't know if I could talk to the women. Well, then you have an opportunity to back up as prayer support, which is very, very important, just as important as talking to the women. Oh, I saw a video of, of you all out in front, and the abortion clinic actually had volunteers out scouting to try to grab somebody before you could get to them. That is true. So they are called uh, clinic escorts, and they try to get to the women before I can get to the women. There usually is three personally assigned to me, and one time it was just me outside the abortion center, and there were nine clinic escorts. And I went up to Phil, who was a clinic escort since the 80s, and I said, looks like you got me outnumbered. And he, and he looked around and he says, no, we're pretty well matched. And I was like, whoa, Phil. But it's, it's, you learn to work around it. You learn to work around it. And you can use it to your advantage because you have them like yelling in the mother's ear, don't listen to her, don't listen to her, don't listen to her. And if you gently come beside them and say, 
There's free help for you and your baby. It's not too late. You're a mother. We can help you. There's this dichotomy where it really shakes them to the realization of good versus evil. So what they don't realize is they're actually helping me. That's what struck me when I went out with you um, uh, before Christmas is I saw that there's like a real visible combat between, as you're saying, between good and between evil. And it really struck me that that's what the Christian faith is. And it's not always so visible. But I then it got me to thinking, what would happen if Christians would declare a war on sin in every area? What would happen if people were outside the casino in the National Harbor saying, this needs to stop, this is destroying our community, this is destroying families? And then if that were to spread into every area of life, we would really see Christianity totally changing our culture. So I was very inspired that abortion has really been taken on. I've seen, I definitely see a need for more workers, but I, I am grateful that the church has seen there is a need to actually tackle this head on. So what is Planned Parenthood? Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in the world, and they kill over 300,000 children each year. They have covered, there's cases of covering up statutory rape, um, perverse teachings to children as young as 12, and they are, they sell baby body parts. They're under a federal investigation for selling the, the children's body parts after they are aborted. And not only that, they are under state and local and federal investigation for Medicaid fraud. But government also pays for much of this. Yes, the government, our tax dollars go to funding Planned Parenthood. And Planned Parenthood says it doesn't uh, give the money to abortions, but what they do is they skew the numbers, the they... They do make a package deal. So the pregnancy test for the abortion, the government pays for. The ultrasound, the government pays for. The aftercare pills, the government pays for. But the actual procedure, the government doesn't pay for. But yet our money is still going directly to killing children. So is Planned Parenthood a eugenics organization? Yes, I would. I would stand very soundly on that. Uh, Margaret Singer, the founder of Planned Parenthood, uh, her organization b- before it was changed to Planned Parenthood was the Birth Control League, to and it was routed in um, weeding out the weak-minded, as she said it, and those included immigrants and the African American community. So she founded the organization on eliminating the black population. Is this really oriented toward the black population? Yes. Still? Yes. So Uh, it's an anti-black organization. Yes. They wrap it up as um, they are champions for women of color and diversity. But if you take a map and you plot down all the Planned Parenthoods, they are, I don't know the exact number, but the majority are in 
um, minority neighborhoods, low socioeconomic minority neighborhoods. And sidewalk counseling in front of the D.C. Planned Parenthood, the majority are women of color. And sidewalk counseling in California, the majority are Hispanic. And uh, in in New York City, more um, black children are aborted than born. So more are aborted than born? In New New York York City. City. In New York City. That's horrifying. It is very horrifying. Uh, That's why we really applaud the Radiance Foundation. Uh, They specifically work to combat uh, this reproductive racism. This is racism. Mm Mm-hmm. Literally, the worst kind. It's murder. I definitely agree. And and it's such a shame that the African-American community has been sold the lie. I have people tell me to my face, black women need abortion. They need abortion because they're poor, because they they can't get a leg up in society. And that's so dehumanizing. That's dehumanizing and insulting as a woman... I, I find that very insulting. Mm-hmm. That is something God-given and natural as pregnancy to be to be reduced down to a disease. And with crisis intervention and mercy missions, we hope to empower the person, empower them to be a mother or to adoption and give them healthy alternatives and positive alternatives instead of selling them the lie that abortion is an easy, quick fix. So what's the answer? The answer is, one, education awareness. Definitely uh, exposing the truth of the foundings of Planned Parenthood. Uh, Mafia 21 is a really great documentary. You can watch it for free on YouTube. Uh, The Radiance Foundation is another pro-life organization that specifically addresses reproductive racism. Not only that, but going into our communities and sidewalk counseling and specifically praying and just understanding that our brothers and sisters where we might have um chinchin right now within our our country we can find common ground that we are all created in the image and likeness of god and just with that understanding moving forward to educate and do crisis intervention is that enough sadly no uh Pro-lifers, uh, they, the average pro-lifers will, the statistics is going around saying there's 3,000 abortions a day. Uh, the numbers are actually closer to 4,000 a day. And so 4,000 image bearers of Christ are being systematically slaughtered. And it's very overwhelming and it can be, and it can be discouraging knowing that. So when you hear the pro-life side is winning, are we really winning when 4,000 children are being killed each day? That is why it's so important to constantly turn to Christ, constantly ask for his mercy and his guidance. And so the biggest part of being a pro-life missionary is constantly going back to God because ultimately he will end abortion. He will end this suffering. So what government initiatives are needed? Government initiatives. So right now in the federal government, there's a couple bills that are um, trying to be passed. The pain capable. So if a child has the ability to feel pain in the womb, then it cuts off abortion. 
um, 20-week band. Uh, there's another dismemberment bill. These mm-hmm. are all incremental bills. So the dismemberment bill would, you are not allowed to dismember a human during abortion. So that would cut out a lot of abortions. Abortions past 12 weeks. Are many babies dismembered in the process of abortion? Yes. Almost all almost all abortions, unless it's a RU-486, a medication abortion, they are dismembered and decapitated. And so, and then the government initiatives where me personally, I think it is the church who should be addressing these issues and not the government. We, the church needs to come together and address um, uh, helping mothers in crisis pregnancies, offering the materials and assistance. And that's why it's really beautiful to see the church rise up and have crisis pregnancy centers and to offer help in mentoring these women. And so... While, yes, it's good that the government is starting to address these issues, ultimately the church needs to lead the way by providing more um, support for single mothers. Or, and even, uh, I know our Calvary Baptists, uh, brothers and sisters, they're leading the way in California for post-abortion healing. Mm. So what is something that somebody listening to this broadcast right now could do to help stop abortion? First thing is um, ask for God's mercy for not doing enough, our sins of omission. And once you experience God's mercy, you realize that how could you not want to share that with others? How would, how would you not want to share the beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ with others? And so a really good way to be introduced into the pro-life movement is called 40 Days for Life. So twice a year, there's a campaign where people from all around the country come together and pray in in front of the abortion center for 40 days straight. Uh, It's starting up. The spring campaign is starting February 12th, I believe. And you can go on to 40daysforlife.com and find your local campaign. And so that is a really great way to put your toes in the water. So you can pray together with um, a group of like-minded people and be in front of the abortion center. Another great way to start is to donate your time or gifts to uh, your local crisis pregnancy center. They are the backbone to the pro-life movement. They are actively addressing the needs of why women are going into abortions. There's lots of opportunities within the body of Christ. We have all been given special gifts. And within those special gifts, they can be used in the pro-life movement. There is something for everyone. But if you want to get your toes wet, I definitely recommend um, looking into a 40 Days for Life campaign. So let's go into an area that may be uncomfortable for some of our listeners and you may not want children to listen to this, but I'd like to know what's the inside? Uh, what's the horror of abortion? What have you experienced? Um, I have uh, traveled all over the country um, from city to city. The first two years of being a pro-life missionary, we would go from city to city, state to state. I've been to around 27 states And I have seen how horrible abortion has affected our country, things that I wish I could forget and things you wouldn't even you wouldn't even think about uh, with 
with you wouldn't think it was related to abortion yet abortion has seeped into our culture that it has affected everything a couple stories that come to mind is three years ago I was in front of the Roanoke Planned Parenthood and she was an immigrant barely could speak any English and she didn't want the abortion while the the clinic staff said you have to sign this paperwork and so then you can leave and she went contacted us we went to the crisis pregnancy center and they said there was too much bleeding for an ultrasound and little did we find out later a couple days later that they gave her a pill that made her drowsy and did a forced abortion so she didn't even know she had an abortion the clinic staff tricked her and so it's one of those moments that gets stuck in your mind of how how do I tell this woman how do I tell this mother that in actual her baby has been dead for three days and so that's another tough moment another one where you wouldn't think it'd be connected to abortion I was in Seattle and uh, we were doing outreach city outreach and we had pictures and of of and verbiage showing like exhorting the community hey we need to end abortion and I had a man come up to me he was staggering towards me and he had lipstick smeared across his face and I was thinking oh my what is this about and he comes up to me and he says I know what that is and he was pointing to um, the the signs that were abortion related and he said my mother used to take me to the abortion center to pray and I said, that, that's wonderful. Tell me what's going on with your life right now. And he just shared how he was addicted to cocaine and he was raped the night before and he's stuck in prostitution. And that seeing, seeing us out here really jolted him back into reality and realizing that like he remembered, he remembered what sin was. And so I took him to get coffee and... Um, as a survivor of sexual assault myself, we prayed together over that and I had a key, I had a necklace that said survivor and I gave him that and I said, every time you hold this, remember you survived and that Jesus loves you and you can get out of this. And then 30 minutes later, we had to go to the next city. And so his name was Luke. I pray for him daily, but it's something like just seeing Abortion can trigger all these other hurts in people's lives and bring it to attention. Um, another story was I was in front of a high school um, having um, signs, abortion-related signs, and I had a kid come up to me and said, I wish I was aborted. And sometimes you get kids who don't know how to react to the situation, so they just say silly things. But you knew that kid, I knew that kid was different. He truly meant he wishes he was aborted. He wishes he was dead. And so he walks away quickly and I said, hey, you, you need to come back here right now. And he like comes over and he thinks I'm going to yell out and I'm like, you are valuable. You are loved and you are important. And the smile on his face, you could tell that was the first time anyone has ever said that to him. And so abortion has just completely ruined our country it 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 has dehumanized our country and when you dehumanize that 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 evil spreads to everything and so and I saw it in this kid's life and 
I and I still think about that. Am I the only person who will ever say that to him? And it's it's very humbling to know that at least one person in his life he got to see the face of Jesus. And so all the, all these different crazy stories all over the country. Um, those are the ones that really stick out to me. Um, but there's also a lot of good. There's obviously good. And I've had, I've participated in close to 600 saves. That means uh, six mothers have chosen life instead of abortion. And just to know, like, there's toddlers running around just and enjoying life and, um, and like, mothers spared from the sin of abortion. My first save uh, was five years ago. It was during Christmas caroling. Uh, this Christmas caroling was different because I went inside the abortion facility and passed out gifts going in. I sat down next to a woman and we talked and she was trying to convince herself not to do it, but it was also on the edge. And then the abortionist called her in for her appointment and she looked at me with deer in the headlights look. And I said, I can't force you to be out here. I can't force you. But no, I'm going to be out here the entire time for you. And she went inside. <sighs> to say I was crying and dramatic is an understatement. I like threw myself on the ground and cried. And thankfully, one of my friends came over to me and she like hit my face. And she said, get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of yourself. Pray to God right now. It is in God's hands. So I immediately turned to Jesus. And I, I learned an important lesson that day. That it is not me. I'm not saving them. It is through God. God is saving these children. And so that was one, a really important lesson. And so I'm praying and praying and praying. And she comes running out of the clinic into my arms. And so it was just really a humbling experience to see such a direct save and I got to pray with her and and trans and like give her resources to where she could continue her pregnancy with life-affirming people and that was my first save and so the, obviously that's going to stick very brightly in my mind if you'd like to talk with uh, Lauren today I want to give you a phone number if you've had an abortion and you'd like us to pray with you We'd be happy to do that. If you're considering an abortion, would you please would you please call and speak with Lauren? Eight seven seven five three four zero seven eight zero. Eight seven seven five three four zero seven eight zero. Lauren is here. She'd love to talk with you. If you have questions or an experience you'd like to share, please call. Uh, Brother Kevin is ready to take your call and put you through to us. 877-534-0780. Lauren, if someone is listening mm -hmm. and they're considering an abortion, what do you want to say to them? If you're considering abortion, the first thing I want to say is you are not alone. There is a community and there are people who want to help you, help you and your child. If you are pregnant, you are already a mother. 
And if you're afraid to call in, it's totally understandable. And so the best advice I can give you if you're afraid to call in, you can go to optionline.com. Optionline.com. There you put in your zip code and it will show you the closest free pregnancy resource center in your neighborhood, closest to where you live. And they will walk with you through the entire pro- process. It is non-judgmental free help for you and your family. Once again, that is optionline.com. So, Lauren, how long are you going to do this? Until abortion is um, over. Until abortion is over. And um, and I don't I don't believe abortion is going to fully end until Christ comes again. And so when we when abortion becomes illegal again, then my focus is going to switch into another area. So um, trying to because there's going to abortion is going to go underground mm-hmm. and trying to uh, find these illegal abortion centers. And uh, and then we really need to build up our crisis pregnancy network, because when abortion is um no longer legal, we're going to have a flood of women who need our help. So what are your goals? What's the next step for Mercy Mission? So Mercy Missions is a search and rescue initiative, and we go to where the heart of suffering happens. And so that looks very different in very different areas of where my ministry is. My main charism or my main mission is to be in front of abortion centers. But also, I do serving evangelization to the local homeless tent cities in Washington, D.C. So in Washington, D.C., a tent city is where homeless congregate and create communities, and they live in tents. And so I go to these tent cities, and I do serving evangelization. So serving evangelization is where you do some kindness or an act, a tangible act of love with no strings attached, just to show them that God loves you. God, because God loves you, I love you, and I just want to do something for you. And so what that looks like, I fundraise and um, collect menstrual hygiene products uh, that when you are a woman and um, having those that, those difficulties when you're homeless it is very dehumanizing it is very you've lost a sense of dignity and so that's why we want to address the ignored needs it needs that you wouldn't ever think about the homeless community faces and and then of course hygiene packets for men and um, just one of the biggest things I've, I've come to realize people just want to share their stories they want someone to share their stories and just listen to them. And so most times uh, on Sundays, I go out into the city and I just listen to them and share and let them share their stories. A big problem right now is um, the homeless community who are also HIV positive. They are considered the lepers of today's time. And uh, they just want a hug. They just want a hug. And I can give that to them. I can give them a hug. I can hold their hand. I can pray for them. 
And so the goals of Mercy Mission are to expand our reach, expand our outreach, uh, to be able to go into the city daily instead of a couple times a week, to be able to buy supplies that can reach more of the tent cities, that can reach more women in crisis pregnancies. And one of the long-term goals of Mercy Missions is to open a hospitality house, to have a place of refuge for people who need help. Not only that, but to have missionaries come from around the country to be trained, to be to activate and learn what it means to live as a pro-life missionary. So then they themselves can go into their communities and spread seeds further. So ultimately, the long-term goal is to be able to have a hospitality house, which we've seen throughout our Christian history, that the places of refuge for people to come to. Now, are there hospitality houses now in other parts of the country? Uh, So I have been um, with an organization called Survivors for five years now. So I work as a communication director for them. And they actively train youth, and you can spend four, uh, two to a summer long or commit a year. And so when I committed uh, full-time with them, that's where I stayed, in a a missionary hospitality house. Okay. Are you involved at all with the March for Life? I am not directly involved with the March for Life. I think it is a great opportunity for people to come together in unity this year Uh, March for Life's theme is Love Saves Lives. Now, this is very important that we take that a step further. That, yes, we go to the March for Life, but how do we take that theme into 2018? So, Love Saves Lives. What is love? Love is action. So, we look at the parable of the Good Samaritan. Because we we want to emulate Christ, and Christ has given us a clear example of what love is, and that is action. He asked who loved their neighbor. It was the Samaritan who went into the ditch, who pulled him out of the ditch, who cleaned his wounds, who used his resources to save that person. So when love saves lives, we we have to take it a step further. Love in action. How do my actions reflect love? How do my actions can be used towards saving lives? And so it's very important that we go, yes, we go to the March for Life. Yes, we have unity. But how do we take it back to our community? So, Lauren, I'm picking up a little bit of dissidence. Um, You have a difficult time, I think, with people who are talking but not walking. Am I anywhere close? Yes. I'm, I'm very passionate, and um, I can come off as very intense sometimes, but it's just very important to understand that if we want to end abortion or come to a point of de- of criminalizing abortion, it's going to have to be action. It's going to be have to be action-oriented. I will not be going to the March for Life. I will be sidewalk counseling in front of the D.C. Planned Parenthood. Within a 10-mile radius of the March for Life, there will be 18 operating abortion centers. By the end of the day of the March for Life, 70 children 
will have been killed alone. That's horrendous. So you really are passionate about, okay, let's not just march Mm -hmm. and wave flags. Mm -hmm. Let's get in there and fight. Yes. Yes. And you're doing that. Yes, and I and I pray and I hope others join as well. And, and and it's not to say don't go to the March for Life. It is very important to go to the March for Life. But please, I urge you to take that passion into your communities. Find your local abortion center and pray out there. Or find your local CPC, Crisis Pregnancy Resource Center, and invest your time. Or just even... Get your pastor to talk about abortion because here's the thing. One out of three women will have an abortion in their lifetime. That means there are women in our congregations and families in our congregations who have experienced abortion. And they are suffering in silence. When a pastor does not address the issue of abortion, we are doing them a disservice. They, they... We are, we are definitely doing them a disservice. And so just even if you're still not comfortable with going out on the front lines, just working within your church community and encouraging your women's ministry to start a post-abortion healing or something. Here's a very, very simple step. Here's a very simple and effective step. In the women's bathroom, you can put up a flyer that has a number heard after abortion, please call this number, Help in Healing. That is the most basic step you can do to help and bring healing to your church community. So how do you have the the courage to keep going out day after day in all kinds of weather with people insulting you, with being arrested? I saw online that somebody sprayed mud at you when you were kneeling in prayer outside of a Planned Parenthood? What keeps you going? How do you, how do you stay strong in your faith? So there's the, when, when people are angry and people react so negatively, it's, you have to come to the realization that they might have experienced abortion in their lifetime and they don't know how to process that anger. And so it comes out in insults. It comes out in in violence. And so with that understanding, I go back to my own life, 19 years without Jesus and how that anger, so much anger in my life and how I lashed out to my friends and families. And it was only through Jesus Christ that I found peace and healing. And so just reflecting on my past and what it was like without Jesus, I can empathize where they're coming from. I can view them as the hurt human that they are and how they need Jesus. And so some days it does wear you down. Some days it does hurt, but I just keep going back to Jesus's love and Jesus's mercy and how I'm an ambassador to him. And I need to show patience and love, even in the face of rudeness and meanness sometimes but it's just I keep going back to they don't know how to process their anger they don't know how to process their hurt and they're lashing out in the only way they know how and so that's why it's just important to just keep bringing in the message there's hope and healing after abortion there's free help for you and your family we're listening to Lauren Handy she is the founder and president of the pro-life nonprofit mercy missions If you'd like to talk with her, we have just a couple of minutes left in this broadcast. 
call 877-534-0780. Again, that number, 877-534-0780. Lauren, talk to us about the Red Rose. So... Uh, the Red Rose Rescue. So in the 80s, uh, late 80s, early 90s, there were traditional rescues. A traditional rescue is where uh, you would sit in front of an abortion door, of the abortion facility's door and block people from going in. And over 70,000 Christians were arrested during that time period. It was the largest act of civil disobedience in our country. Then in 1994, it became a felony to block the entrance of an abortion center. So people stopped rescuing. For the past two years now, we have been meeting behind doors, brainstorming, how can we bring back the spirit of rescue? Because when it rescues directly follow um, the Bible verse in Proverbs, hold back those going to slaughter action love and action going back to love and action and so we had to brainstorm how can we do nonviolent direct action to saving children and that is when we looked towards mary wagner who is in canada so mary wagner in canada for the past seven years goes inside of an abortion center and passes out red roses to the mothers going in And she gently talks to them and encourages them to not choose abortion. She is then arrested. And um, right now she is currently in jail waiting for her trial um, for doing a a rescue on December 12th. And so we took her example and applied it to the culture in America. So basically a Red Rose Rescue is nonviolent direct action in encouraging mothers to to choose life for their children and it and it just aligns perfectly with the with the ministries of mercy missions going a search and rescue mission going to the heart of suffering going to where the killing is at and trying to do direct action going into the ditch picking out the guy and cleaning his wounds like the good samaritan and so it's just a it's just a very profound experience. One, it's very intense because you're going inside the actual killing center. But it's what's needed. It's what's needed. And uh, I participated in a Red Rose rescue on December 2nd along with um, three other people. And then there was also a simultaneous rescue in two other cities as well. And you were arrested. I was arrested, uh, so I go inside the abortion center, and I start passing out red roses, and I encourage the mothers to leave. They can leave. There's free help for you and your child. It's not too late, and um, the clinic staff move them to a different room, and I decided to sit down and start praying uh, for the mothers to choose their choose life for their children, because as long as I was in there abortions couldn't be performed and so it gave the mothers longer opportunity to change their mind the two people who were with me joined me on the floor and we all prayed together then the police came and they cited us for trespassing and part of the concept of civil disobedience is not 
taking part in the arrest, not helping someone arrest us when we do not believe what we are doing is wrong. So we went passively limp, basically a wet noodle. And um, they had to drag us out of the building. Wow. So I have a question. So something we've kind we've kind of touched on mm-hmm. throughout this broadcast is that this is a way that you live out the gospel. Mm-hmm. So could you explain that a little more? How is how is laying yourself out for pro life for the rest of your life? How is that one way that Christians can live out the gospel? Uh, there is a there's a saying, um, uh, Jerome. I think he said. Uh, no, St. Francis of Assisi said, uh, spread the gospel whenever you can and use as little little words as possible. <laughs> and so that's what Mercy Missions hopes to do through serving evangelization. Have our actions spread the gospel. Have our actions show a tangible experience of love to those around us with no strings attached. Because ultimately... That's what the sacrifice Jesus Christ on the cross was. It, it was an act of profound love with no strings attached. And so through, I hope through my actions that I can share the gospel that way and make it safe for the person to na- take a next step into a relationship with Jesus. How can people support you in this process and how are you supported? Are you independently wealthy? <laughs> No. <laughs> so uh, I, Mercy Missions is a nonprofit, and I am a full-time pro-life missionary, and I rely on God's providence. And, and so you can go to mercymissionsdc.com. Once again, mercymissionsdc.com, and there is a donation link. And we are hoping for people to pledge $25 a month. For to be so I can be a sustained pro-life missionary, so I can be in the city as much as possible, and even even if you can't do twenty-five dollars a month, t- ten dollars ensures me to be able to go to a clinic that one day. So it's just important for you to know that everything counts. Everything can be good, be used for the glory of God. So, if you'd like to support Lauren. Go to the webpage, and the webpage again is? MercyMissionsDC.com. So you don't receive any government money? No, no. I, <laughs> I'm not beholden to the government. <laughs> and there isn't a particular church supporting you at all? There isn't a particular church supporting me. Uh, it's I work with all Christian denominations, and um, but it would be wonderful if if a, if a church supported me, yes. and if I became connected with a church. Just as of right now, I do not have that. You're very brave to just step out and do what God called you to do, and trust Him to provide for you. When I when I sold all my stuff to go out to California the first time, I came to that realization. It's just going to be my sandals on my feet and my one backpack. (laughs) So I've already accepted that it's going to be a very minimalistic lifestyle. And that is okay because it points me closer to God. So, Lauren, what have we not asked you to talk about that you'd like to share? Um, And you're speechless. I'm speechless. There's so many different things. Uh, Abortion can end on a community-to-community level. That I would like, I want to give you hope. There is hope. 
that you can end abortion, your local abortion center. Mercy Mission started a campaign, an ambitious campaign, where we went to the Silver Spring Planned Parenthood. I went there, I looked at it, and I told the locals, we can close this in six months. Everyone laughed at me. And I even laughed at myself. I was like, what am I saying? And yet, we, we, we fasted and we prayed and we did a targeted education awareness and protesting campaign. And while we didn't close it in six months, we closed it in eight. Because we realized that you, if you look for the weaknesses within the structure of the abortion cartel, you exploit those weaknesses and it comes crumbling down. What are their weaknesses? So for that specific abortion center, it was operating in a medical building. So we contacted and did an educational awareness campaign to the people who own the building. And they were like, okay, we're not going to rent to them anymore. And so that, that they were renting for 20 years. That was a 20-year stronghold. And just as simple as going to the property manager closed wow. it down on, very on St. On St. Patrick's Day. It closed its doors down last year on St. Patrick's Day. Wow. So that gives us a lot of hope that, you know, just your average Christian can just do a little bit of legwork mm-hmm. and make a huge impact on the community. A simple phone call to the property manager exhorting them, please do not continue to rent out to people who kill children. I have, have one quick question. We have two minutes left. Um, so I know sometimes people who are considering abortion try to say, well, it's only six weeks. My baby's not really a baby yet. It's not really a child. What would you say to someone like that? I would say that at 21 days, your baby's heart is beating. Uh, recently, my friend uh, was sidewalk counseling in um, Maryland, and she straight said, your baby's heart is beating. And the woman dramatically changed her mind. And now I got to hold Joshua. He's four months old. Wow. And so it's just simple as connecting the humanity, bringing up those facts. Your baby's heart is beating at 21 days. Your baby loves you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Lauren, thank you. Thank you. And again, give us the webpage. MercyMissionsDC.com. We have how much time? One minute. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. We've been interviewing Lauren Handy. If you'd like more information, go to the webpage again. MercyMissionsDC.com God bless you, my brother and sister. Thank you. And you can listen to this message again at NationalPrayerChapel.com God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. With great joy To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, with
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.